0: pretty good music from a communist
1: all right one of my great wonderful songs from the uh, very late 60s this is Biroc Luring." the well, Lurie that's podcast
0: like that's, that's Neil Young you're Biroc
1: <laughs> that's true uh I love that song, you know it's so uh it's such an interesting song. The style of the song, and we're going to get to music in a second because that actually plays into what we're talking about today, which is discretion um, that style of that song, cinnamon Girl Neil Young, is so out of place from the from the time of recording of when it was actually recorded, I think it was recorded in sixty nine um nothing like that was out there at the time it was i wouldn't say revolutionary it was just completely out of place. It didn't belong there. I love that song, but it could have just as easily came out last week. Uh, they weren't making music like, back, like that back then. It's, it's, it's truly unique for Neil Young. But I agree with you. He is uh, unfortunately uh, not A well... filthy leftist. Uh, well, he probably is filthy. <laughs> he
0: deserves to be washed away like yeah. the rest of the slime at an Occupy Wall Street camp. It's a shame.
1: Look, uh, let's talk about discretion. Uh, I guess Neil Young could have uh, exercised better discretion in terms of what he chose to talk Hygiene. about. Hygiene. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, look, you know, what, what I find fascinating, and it, this applies to music, and that's what I was going to bring up, is when you listen to great music, so much of the great music, the greatness in the music, is not only what is in the music, but also what is not in the music. What I mean by that. If you were to have a song that is just purely full of you know, uh, guitars all the time playing and, and drums all the time playing, everything playing all the time, you would, it would just be cacophony, no matter how great or virtuous I think a thing.
0: better way to put it is if an instrument, even just pick one instrument, right. played every note of that instrument all at once at all right. times. Like all 88 keys on the piano are hit all at once every time for every measure of a song. In sixteenth notes, you would have nothing but a racket. Right. You know, yeah. Not 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 music, just noise. That's, that's the difference. That's so true. In other if words, you were, the silences are what makes the art.
1: Right. And uh, take a song "Hey Jude" for example. That's a build-up song. What I call a build-up song. Right. It starts off very quiet. "Hey Jude," and you you basically hear only Paul McCartney's voice for the first few seconds. There's no instruments, and then it, they slowly introduce one instrument at a time. But if they were just to start it all off all at the same time, because that's, after all, that's where the song leads up to, right? There's a lot of instrumentation, and they start all with it and, and all that, but put a whole bunch of other instruments. It, would be, it wouldn't be the same song. In fact, it probably would be a very unpleasant song. It's, I can guarantee it would be an unpleasant right. song. Not probably, definitely. <laughs> so the, a good producer of uh, music uh, thinks not only of the music to use, but also the music not to use. You can overproduce an album. You've you've heard that before. And by the way, another Beatles example is a good example of that, and that is the Let It Be album. Let It Be, while there are some many good songs on it, a couple of the songs are overproduced, and uh, there's a lot of criticism about that. The Long and Winding Road is the best example of that. If you listen to that song, it's not designed to be this big orchestra. Phil Spector put all that music in. It was actually supposed to be a very simple song, just a piano song but uh more more akin to the uh to the song hey Jude yeah. anyway um the Beatles were brilliant to this um there's also pauses in between parts of a song that kind of uh give you a sense of anticipation that's that's wonderful. The same is true in art right you 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 judge art not only i mean you if you put all the paint all over the place, you'd eventually get what a black or a brown colored canvas, but you choose not to put certain white there and a certain black there and green there, and all of a sudden you have a beautiful Matisse painting. It's, again, a discretion issue. Now, it's true in arguments, too, when you're trying to be persuasive. Um, You want to make sure to exercise your discretion about what you're going to say and what you're not going to say. So many of the times that we talk to uh, young associates, for example, when they're in court, they will make, they feel the need to address every single argument that the other side says. And not only that, but every other imaginable argument. They think that's what it means to be a good lawyer. They're wrong. It's not what you want to do. You want to really focus on the one, two, three major arguments. Focus on those. And because that's what the judge will be able to focus on. That's what the jury will be able to focus on. They don't, they don't understand the case as well as you do. First of all, they don't care about the case as much as you do. They want to see it in very simple terms and the person who presents it in simple terms will win. Um, He will win if the other side presents it in complicated terms. Now, the battle will be if both parties, both are good attorneys, and they both present it simply. Their side simply. Okay, then it's a question of evidence. But I can guarantee you, if one side presents his side of the case simply, and the other side presents it in a very complicated way, the one who does it simply will win. Well, an example of uh, what to leave out, could that be
0: applied to Christopher Darden and Marsha Clark? with that famously horrible moment where they had O.J. try it on glove, a yeah. pair of dirty, old, crusty, shrunken gloves, it's acting a, it, as if they should have fit. And then, you know, the whole thing if they, that Johnny Cochran then made famous,
1: if they don't fit, you must acquit. Right. They didn't have to open that up. They didn't have to open it up, and uh, they did. They, they, that was also a trap that the other side laid for them. Uh, knowing that the, the glove would not fit, and then they, they basically goaded and baited the other side of the prosecution to demand that they open up that glove situation and, and uh, insist on it being tried by O.J. By Simpson. And then, of course, it didn't fit. Uh, so it's a famous moment in judicial history, a stupid moment in many ways. Uh, but yeah, you, to answer your question. It's the same thing. That was that was a brush stroke
0: or a note. Yeah. It was a brush stroke that shouldn't have appeared on the canvas right. or a note that didn't need
1: being played at that moment. Right. It, it may have been a game that, uh, sorry, it was a game that the defense played but let's say that the prosecution did it correctly and simply demurred to the whole thing, meaning ignored it. And the other side said, no matter what you do, you will not make us to wear, wear, this, wear this glove. And then uh, the prosecution says, fine, yeah, that's cool. Let's move on to more important things. Yeah, you know that mountain of evidence? Right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we only need this one. <laughs> right. And then, of course, however, plays. In, then, of course, the defense at that point may say, well, wait a minute. What about this glove? Well, I thought you said it wasn't important. <laughs> you didn't. That's what they should have done. Of course, yeah. they would have been in a sticky wicket, but the jury would have still wondered what what about this glove. But here is the simple opening statement and the simple closing statement when it comes to O.J. Simpson. And I'm not even prepared to say it right now, but I just know the flow of how things work so well. So here it is, without me preparing whatsoever for it. Here is what the prosecution should have said, ladies and gentlemen. We have very straightforward evidence. The blood is everywhere. The DNA evidence proves that he has, was there, and he did it. There's no other crime scene evidence, and at the end of the day, uh, he won't be able to present any evidence to suggest otherwise. He's the only man who did it, he's the only man who could have done it, and you'll find it as a reasonable da- beyond a reasonable doubt. Blood, knife, no alibi. Thank you.
0: No, to yes, run. Right. Blood knife wife waiter no alibi. <laughs> there you go.
1: Right? <laughs> That's it. But yeah, simple. That's it. Yeah. Um, and and that would have been insane. and and we we really don't need to do anything further.
0: Well, I have to okay? amend that. Blood wife waiter wife. No, blood knife waiter wife. No alibi. Right. You know, Doctor. Well, we can
1: always talk, and people can always talk about this case as 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 a seminal case in many ways because it has everyone saw the the thing, it, and there's so many interesting twists and turns in that in that story. They, the other side, uh, made it about – they actually made it very simple, believe it or not. They simply said, as you said, if the glove don't fit, you then must, you must acquit. acquit. So they made it all about the glove. Well, they, they actually made about
0: – I thought, I thought two things because I, I watched oh, – They the also version. said the
1: blood could be different, uh, different yeah, types. Uh,
0: but I thought they really made about two things, which both of which were instances where the prosecution made brush strokes or played notes that shouldn't have been played or right. – Painted on canvas. Mm-hmm. Number one, the glove. Number two, Mark Furman. Yeah. They said, he was asked, did you ever use this word ever? Right. He said no. And then there's a tape of him saying that word. Right. He could have very easily said, yeah, I said that word. Who hasn't said that word?
1: Right. And, and, and oddly enough, in his defense, and then I want to move on to from this topic, is, uh, and I just read this from the Ann Coulter book, she, she addressed that very deeply. And the question was, in the past 10 years, have you said that word? And he said no. It turns out that he had said it in the past nine years and three mu- and, and six months, something like that. It was that close. Wow. That's what it was. So that was his so-called perjury. Um, and had it been 10 years and one month, he yeah. would have been perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, but with a low information, highly racially charged right. jury from South Central L.A., of course that was enough to acquit.
1: Right. And, yeah. and, and again, drilling down a little bit, but, the, you know, Furman... Basically, he said, fine, I'll, I'll cop to perjury. He just didn't want to fight it. He yeah. should have fought it because the standard on perjury is is in a materially false statement. And he was worried that somehow – he got too worried and he shouldn't have gotten worried yeah. because the reality was it wasn't materially a false. Had he said I'd never said this word before and then – so even if he had said it, let's say he had said it only one month before and he lied about – and he knew that he lied about it. So, I mean – Forget about it being close to 10 years. He knew that he said it. So what? It does not materially affect the case. That's the main issue. Because perjury is a misrepresentation, a material misrepresentation that actually affects the case.
0: Right. All right. So. Bearing false witness. By the bearing false witness scan. that
1: actually leads to a, an incorrect um, yeah. verdict. All right. Look, let, let's move away from O.J. Simpson and talk about persuasion. Um, I tell all my associates when they write a brief or when they argue in front of court say in a very short pithy way what you're gonna say just get it out and then you'll basically lead the audience to where you need to be so for example uh, I I had a uh, a trial recently about a year ago and we went uh, before that like the day before the trial we went into chambers with a judge and the judge asked, okay, well, let's, let's time this out a little bit. Let's get an assessment of how long the case is going to be. And he turns to my opposing counsel and he says, uh, we'll call him Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, uh, how long do you want for your opening statements? And he said, 30 to 40 minutes, Your Honor. Uh, then he turns to me, Mr. Lurie, what, what about you? And I said, three to four minutes, if that. And he, the judge liked that. He could yeah. tell. He goes, sure you want to do that, Mr. Smith? He says to him, "He goes, no, I need uh, th- thirty to forty minutes in order to really get at it.' There's a lot of stuff. Are you there. Sure, you don't
0: want to go for an early lunch and have a martini? That's what I'm doing right. after his statement.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know, from the judge's point of view, it's like, okay, I, I don't, I, lo- I don't like long statements, but, but it's in front of a jury. Yeah. So sure enough, he's the plaintiff. Uh, he gets up and he does this. It was 35 minutes. It was exactly between 30 and 40 minutes. He does this long-winded thing and he brings out all the history of." It's, it's, it was a restaurant dispute. In the uh, comedy world, we call it death. Was it death? It was death. He was all over the place. He kind of... A, a lot of by the ways were said in the middle of that, you know. And going back to what I said previously, there was one thing that I forgot to mention, that there was also this. And you have to understand that in the context of the time, that was not what was... There was no such thing as a cell phone. I mean, he would go would go. It was on a bad Tarantino movie with flashbacks and it everything. It was
0: all over Jump the Jump-aheads, flashbacks, by the ways, parentheticals.
1: And then he said... And then, you know, I concluded by saying, so I think you get the picture, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we will do, and we will show this, uh, and that that, uh, my client should pay a lot of money. Okay. I go up, and and I haven't said anything about the case yet. So here's, you're the jury now, okay? I went up, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, this is a very simple case. His client is a brother of my two brother-client's. He claims, after twenty years, that he should get a partnership interest in my client's restaurant. They don't have a single evidence, a piece of evidence, not a single email, a text, letter, anything for twenty years. He wants his piece only because now my clients have worked it up and made a lot of money out of it. We're done. There is no case. Thank you. and I sat down. <laughs> Bye. I mean, words to that effect. It was was that short. I can tell you it was just that short. It's more like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I said, if If that. that," (laughs) So I I sit down and my client's like thrilled. You could just see him. He's like, yes. And then my associate who heard me said, she writes down on the note. She goes, perfect opening statement ever. It was like perfect period (laughs) opening statement ever. So – I was hope- I was happy. And I thought maybe I've just shot myself in the foot or something. But we go through the evidence at a trial. And each witness that we put up, we get on and get off. On and off. No big deal. Nothing. Yeah. And is there any evidence that you had that you actually complained about this, Mr. Smith? Will
0: they decide cases in your favor just because you're not boring? Uh,
1: they... Now, assuming
0: that there is evidence to support your case. Well, no. Not that you're just throwing crap at the wall. Of course. Like, no, of
1: course. You... you If you present your case as though you know what you're talking about, it goes a long way. Let's put it that way. It's not 100%, but it goes a long, long way. Um, You make it sound obvious. Yeah. Now, I just made it sound obvious to you in the opening statement. And there was, the truth was, there was no email. I mean, to me, it's an open, shut case. and It should be for them. You're going to hear a lot of, you know, at at this point, um, ladies and gentlemen, I did not even have to say this. His entire alliance was... Hoping that somehow the jury would think that there was something there. But there wasn't. There's was not one single email. Not one exhibit, not one witness will say any of these things. Okay? So that's it. And uh, they, were, I mean, they had really no basis for their arguments. Okay, so we, we end up winning on a, what's called a directed verdict. That's a motion in the middle of a case where the other side rests his case. And I, I simply to get up and say, Your Honor, they don't have any case. And we went on the directive verdict, except for one cause of action, which still was lingering. We settled that one for a pittance. The jury was excused and thanked for their service. We, we go out in the hallway and we poll the jury. Polling the jury just means, you know, tell me what you think. Yeah. And they all said to me, Mr. Lurie, once you were done with the opening statement, we had already decided the case. Yeah. That was music to my ears. I realized that uh, the power of being, of respecting your audience, making a clear vision for them, and, uh, and and making it easy for them.
0: That's all. Do you now try when you have other cases to replicate that kind of clarity in the opening statements?
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Not only when I do it on an oral basis, but when I do it in in written form. Um, many times, my associates here and i 've got fantastic associates, but once in a blue moon they 'll present me with, with a motion or an opposition to emotion, whatever piece of writing that they have and it 's very well written it 's uh, laid out in a nice way, and it doesn 't have an introduction when I, and I send it back and I say, "Give me an introduction, you know I want an introduction, and that 's got to be the best part of it, the best um, let me, get, let me give you an example of a, of a good motion, a good introduction. Um, uh, let's say we represent the defendant and we're seeking to get rid of this case by the way of what we call summary judgment. We want to get rid of it on the grounds of the statute of limitations. Here's my opening statement uh, the introduction. Uh, plaintiff filed their complaint in December of 2012. However, their deposition statement. Admits that they knew about the alleged breach of contract in January of two thousand and four the statute of limitations is only four years for breach of contract, therefore more than and more, more than eight years has passed, there should be no case the court uh, play, a defendant respects the request of the court to dismiss this action boom done, okay the rest of it. Is surplusage it's all about the, the underlying facts and and then you cite to the record and you cite the law about what the sets of Limitations is and you have this code section and everything else and you can brief it. You can brief this to death It could be another ten pages to say the exact same thing But that intro leads you to where you need to be but If you were to read that
0: supports the intro everything else
1: just supports it. That's yeah.
0: it. It's like a film uh, Yeah, the film has a title. Yeah, the well, easiest one that's right Star Wars right exactly what is everything's a war in the stars. Right, right.
1: Right? It, that, that's right. Yeah.
0: You know, every scene, yeah. every movement, every product yeah, supports
1: th- that. It's, you know? nice when, it's nice when a title gives you a, a lead as to what this is about. Yeah. But you want to make the… Ordinary people. Right. They are ordinary.
0: <laughs> they are people. <laughs> right. right. But you, you know what I mean? The good films are that. Right. They're not, the, a bad film would be called something like an
1: indecipherable puzzle you can't figure out. You know? well, well, let me tell you about uh, one of my favorite movies and, and one of my favorite parts in movies that really illustrates this point. You saw the movie Jerry Maguire? Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite, you know, there are many famous parts of it. Th- when you think of Mary, uh, Jerry yeah, Maguire. Showing me the money. Show me the money, yeah. right? And you think of uh, a lot of the other things. say one of the, toward the end, you think of. Uh, you have me at hello, right? Here's Tom Cruise. He, he realizes that he really wants to be with his wife. He goes back in, and she's at uh, some sort of she's at the house, but with a bunch of her girlfriends, and they're, you know, they're talking smack about men and everything else. And he's walks in. It's out of the rain, and he says, "Hello, I just want you to know that I love you. I've always loved you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for you. And I think that marriage is very important between two people, and we need to stick it together." and you are the woman for me and I'll always be with you and I can't believe that I, I've, I would ever even think to not be with you. And he goes on and on, right? And then she, he finally stops after, I guess, five minutes, which is a long time. And, she, and he finally stops. She walks over to him, kisses him, and, and she says, you had me at hello. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You didn't have to do any
0: of the other stuff. Yeah, that hello, was, hello was good enough. That was just gravy, yeah.
1: He knew, she knew that just by being there and saying hello, that, that's what he wanted. Yeah. And the same sort of thing is true with the intro to a to a Yeah, statement. you want
0: the jury like they said when you pulled them. You had us at the opening statement. Exactly. You won the case right there. There yeah. you
1: go. Know. And you're you're doing them a favor. You're you're telling them what they need to think. And I'm not I'm talking about hypnotizing. You need to respect the 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 uh, the jury. Uh, but don't make them work. Why? Why would you make well, them work? Well, in, in a jury,
0: you have to tell them a story, and that's what the storyteller does. You know, when I read. A book the author is telling me what to think right. essentially to understand the story so because if I don't know what they want me to think then how can I follow the story well it's the same thing you're not
1: mind controlling the jury you're right. well letting one of the great reasons to to think to yeah, explain this right good persuasive writing does just that and Wall Street Journal editorial page for example is great almost all of them have that in common they start off by telling you here is what the problem is and here's And and the rest of my article is going to explain and back up what I just said. Boom, done. Um, Now, we talked about discretion before. This is all about discretion, right? And when you write that intro, you need to parse down everything you want to say in three, four, five lines. It's hard, but you got to do it. And you got to decide what not to include just as much as what you should include. And that's hard, hard, hard. I love this business, uh, and but it's also about respect. Look, another example of this, and it's not just persuasive writing. It's not just in music. It's not just in art. It's in business, too. One of the best examples I can give you is Apple's Macintosh. I remember when the Mac came out. I was in college, uh, and I bought one of the first Macs. I don't know if I bought the very first generation, but like six months later, the second generation. And I remember what I loved about it. You know what it was? No. Well, it wasn't the speed of the processor or anything else like that. I didn't care about that. I loved that I could buy this and I could put it on my desk and I could start work. working on it. Yeah. That I could start working on it right away, right away. without having to read a, a friggin' manual. Or
0: load software
1: or yes. figure
0: out how this worked. You point, you click, it works.
1: Right. Magic. And that was the magic. Yeah. That's what made it so appealing. It brought. It, it, it made sense of the computer age for Joes like me, regular Joes, and I am a regular Joe when it comes to computers. And by
0: the way, their, their intro to you, their 30-second intro, the 1984 ad, which says on this day, we'll it'll prove that 1984 will not be like 1984. In other right. words, you will be free from the group think that makes you a slave to the computer processing Right, engineer propeller hair right. world. You can just use this
1: thing. Right, you can use it. It you just t- you too can it, use it. Yeah, you too. And uh, it was a, it was very simple. Yeah, very simple. Interesting. Not interesting but. how you were saying
0: uh, about respecting the audience or the jury. Think about how much respect that the people who made that had for you, the end user, that they thought you were. Sp- respectful enough that you didn't have to enter their engineering world right. to use an engineered
1: device. That's exactly right. And that's exactly the mistake that my, Mr. Smith in my example made during his opening statement. He expected them to figure out exactly what he meant and, and, and to p- put all these pieces together for him. And I, he wasn't doing his homework. You, yeah. need to, you need to congeal it down just like Macintosh did or Apple did and say, how do we make it so that people can use this thing? And will want to use this thing and are excited about this thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and and they succeeded uh, beyond anybody's imagination. Uh, and now Apple is, I think, the, the most successful company in history or has certainly the most money in history. This clearly is, yes. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's and, the way to do Oh,
0: and to show you how far this has come in in that area, how much respect uh, at the, at the uh, gym where I work out, they have a, a – uh, an area for the uh, kids club you know where they take care of kids, right. and my kids are addicted to iPads and right. iPhones you know they see even my one year old she just goes crazy for them so i 'm there there 's another little boy, not our kid, who 's there, and he sees me holding the iPhone and rushes up to it and tries to grab my iPhone out of my hand because he 's addicted to it too right it, it th- those product lines. Are so universal; they have some bond deep-seated in the absolute natural genetics of human beings. Even if you will primitives, babies right. are immediately drawn to them. Right. That that's how magical these things are. Yeah, yeah you can There's do no product in history that that requires like stuff like that that attracts children to use it. You know? Do you see children rushing to an oil well to operate it or a, a jet plane? Right. No. An
1: iPhone, yes. And not only that, but but you can do it with only your thumb. You can literally hold it on the back of your palm and and then with your thumb type an email, uh play Angry Birds, whatever it might be that that suits your fancy. Uh, play music, of course. All of a sudden uh you're you're in a great world. And, yeah, the and, basic
0: binary gestures of, you know, close encounters of a third kind. Right. Those gestures are essentially
1: how you operate right. an iPhone. If you can do this, 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 and this, right. you know. And it's funny because we talk about respect and it's also about discretion. Um, we are uh, – when you, when you do the work, you do the homework to make it that simple, you are respecting your audience and you will profit out of it. You will get good results. Either you win a court case, you'll be able to sell that computer or the uh, uh, iPhone as the case, maybe yeah. the devices. Um, your artwork will sell. Your, your music, music will sound yeah. better. Um, hey Jude, for example, is a beautifully simple song. It could have been very complicated, but he made it very simple. And it's so, it resonates in a, in a natural way. In fact, it, it's almost impossible to imagine how somebody, a world without that song. Hey Jude is so innate. There are many other songs, of course, you can say, well, gosh, I wish that song was never produced or invented. At all. Not only because it sounds horrible, but just, it doesn't belong in, in our mainstream. But Hey Jude is so natural. That you would you, – it's part of our parlance already. Uh, likewise with Macintosh, you, it's almost hard to imagine worlds that didn't have a very simplified computer setting and then ultimately the iPhone and the iPad. It, it seems so natural. The world – it would be almost like – you know how
0: Steve Jobs is known for these hysteronic. Descriptions of what the world would be if if XYZ didn't work as he wanted to, you know And if one second longer think of all the world You You can almost make the argument it's not Mm -hmm. it's not exactly true But you could make the argument that the world would not be a civilized world, right? The part of it that is civilized without his devices on (laughs) it. It would be a wild dangerous world in which you know, chaos reigned. Sure. You know? Sure. Uh, people would die and, and floods would happen. And they'd still be using CDs in CD players right. and not iPods That's right. and downloadable music. Yes, of course. You would have to go to Tower Records, that edifice, to purchase your music,
1: wasting gas and sitting in traffic. Good point. You know? Um, here, here we have something that I just want to, because I, I think I want to wrap this up, but I want to say talking about the Mac. They did exactly what we just talked about. Yeah, they so exercised, total discretion Total tips. discretion. They decided we are not going to include, what can we not include in all the, the, the bells and whistles? What, do we, what can we do in just one or two buttons at most? And they figured it out. And because of that, great things happened. That's it. Discretion. Discretion, you will find it in your own life, in love, in your work. If you want to express yourself and you want to be persuasive, that's what you got to do. Yeah, And now it's time for me to exercise my discretion and say thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you again in, uh, I guess, a short week.